What's up, world? It's me, Nate, host of the Artist Exchange Radio Show, hit live only on BigSposedRadio.com. I cannot wait until... Because mm, this list is getting on my nerves. I can't wait. Um, today is going to be a show with hot topics, so it's going to be just me. It's just been me for... Uh, well, not consecutively, but it's me today. Um, I had a couple of topics I want to talk about. I wanted to talk a little bit about the Little Nas X, um, Boosie, with a sprinkling in of Little Free, Big Frida, that Little Frida, Big Frida. Um, we're also going to talk a little bit about just toxic relationships, and I should have just brought in the whole topic of what I'm talking about today. I don't even see myself anymore. Uh, so we talk a little bit about Lord Nas X, um, specifically uh, the latest comments that were addressed by Big Frida about uh, Little Boosie as it pertains to Little Nas X. We're going to talk a little bit about um, buying spending bill, some of the things that were left out that are very vital to our. Uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on buying. Because I'm, I'm not bashing him, I just I just need all of our government to um, take some type of accountability. But we're going to touch on that. Um, the continued fight over getting the vaccine, getting the vaccine, um, and then how to cut off the toxic friend. Um, I'm gonna start with um, just some some information that I wanted to put out there. But let me get my screen lined up so I know what I'm talking about. So I'm gonna put on that, and then I'm gonna get back over here where I was on my Zoom. Um, but um, yes, so we're closing out October, and the month is coming to an end in the next couple of days. And I wanted to give a little bit of information about uh, what has happened over the course of October. But before I do that, I'm going to talk about some things that's coming up in November. November, we have a great lineup of artists and a few entrepreneurs and just some, some specialty people that we have sprinkled in um, throughout the month of November. <clears throat> there are a couple uh, programs that uh, I've gotten jump-started. Um, me and a couple other people, that is the network. Uh, group. Uh, and if you have not found it, type in network, and that's N-A-T-W-U-R-K on um, Facebook, and you'll see the event page pop up, and you'll also see a page dedicated to it. You can uh, join the page, which is an approval process, because we want to not make sure that you're an entrepreneur, but just get some questions out of the way. So there are a few questions that you have to answer before you can become a member of the group. Um, and it's just we want to work with people who are serious about being entrepreneurs, serious about business, serious about um, getting things on and popping. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to waste your time with 
you know, stuff that you're not really bothered about. This isn't a group that is simply come to the group and you post your flyers and your information and you share the things you have going on. There's a section for that, but um, that will be dedicated to one particular day of the month, one week, I mean, each week where you can post those types of things. Other than that, um, it is really, it's going to be a lot of information sessions, a lot of lives that we're going to be doing with information and resources and some education that business owners, both new uh, novice as well as veteran uh, entrepreneurs need, as we all do, to refresh ourselves. Um, so that is, so the first thing that we're doing is going to be on November the 7th, that's a Sunday, and it's just like a mixer, a networking event. Um, that is on November uh, 7th at 7, 2 p.m. Um, and then we have, um, we're planning something for Black Friday. That's that's uh, Vashtar Blue. Uh, myself, we're planning something for Black Friday. And then there possibly will be a dinner of some sorts uh, for the end of November as well, after Black Friday. Um, here at Vashtar Blue Jewelry Studio, I'm constantly looking for ways to reach out to the community and be a part of what's going on. So if you have any events that I can come to as the Artist Exchange, as... Um, as the artist exchange, as the, sorry, I'm trying to do five things at one time. Um, Be Exposed can come out too. I'm starting to come out to events, um, but I've been hosting more virtual events. So I'm not just out there living it up, um, but I, I definitely want to begin to kind of reacclimate myself to going out to events. It must be safe. If I go there and the majority of the people don't have a mask, I'm not coming in. Um, that's been a rule. I've done that to several events throughout this pandemic. I don't play with my health, and I'm, not, I'm definitely not going to play with yours. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that's coming up. And then we have a couple things that are going to be going on in terms of pop-up shops with other artists here at this studio space. <clears throat> and I want to put a call out there for artists for our monthly uh, art scene series that we have. We just did the second one, um, and we want to do that each month, featuring a different artist. We have one of our artists for November already, um, and actually, we can just jump right into, if we can play that first video clip, so we'll just go through the individuals. This was the art scene that we just had this past uh, a month. We have a number of uh artists that we have already registered for this upcoming. You see Miss Tasha of uh, Love for Moms, uh, who's next, Miss Emily of uh, Heartstrings Custom. She's an artist as well. She's actually our feature for next month. Um, she'll be one of the features for next month. She does a lot with moms who have just lost children. Our first feature is Kim Jacks right here. We see uh, she's also going to be joining us. And we have Miss uh, Jaina Colt, the Herbal Diva. She's the T of the Art T. And then we have Miss Black Roses, and we have KD of uh, IMG Podcasts. Their information was at the bottom of the screen, but I'll post it separately with this video as well. Um, so that is the Art T. Something that I've been wanting to do that was supposed to start before this pandemic happened, but I didn't really have a space to be able to do it. And art is something you're supposed to experience 
in person. You can do it online, but art should be something that you experience. Um, and then with me joining with Miss Herbal Diva, we were able to um, create this art tea where we are showcasing her mini teas um, uh, and concoctions that she has blended up. And they're all uh, natural herbal teas um, that she blends herself uh, from herb to bag to your teacup. Uh, it's all by her design. Um, so she displays her teas and, and we can get samples of teas. Um, this month she did like a herbal fall blend um, of teas, two different teas. Um, and this one, we also met with Love for Moms. That's uh, Ms. Tasha Peets. Uh, we teamed up with her and partnered with her, and she brought forth her message for Love for Moms. Love for Moms is a great organization where she gives moms monthly events that are catered to um, helping them just to be moms, just to be women uh, for a moment, and not necessarily having to bring the children with them. Um, there are some owners, there are some events that she do where they are simply children based without the moms and then collaborative with, with mom and children are there as well. So it's a very family oriented group, but her focus is on giving love to a mom um, and giving them some, some moments to kind of decompress and relax. Um, so each month we'll have a different organization along with Love for Moms will always be there. Um, that come on and give like a message to our our uh, individuals that come out to the the art team. The art part of it uh, will be a number of things. This month I was the feature. I featured my Urban Rorschach series, um, and it was really um, I've displayed this before as as an artist, but it's really something that is really. It's a little, a little uncomfortable to me to showcase it because I don't really know how to, um, I don't know how to do it. You know, I'm, I'm really, that's not a part of my artistry that I am really out with yet. I'm still very much so um, kind of shy about showing art, art because art is very personal. And I don't think people understand that. I don't think they get that. Um, and you really have to understand someone's heart in order to get them as an artist. So that's something that I don't, I don't really share a lot. Um, Ms. Kim Jacks, as I said, she is a phenomenal artist. And um, I'm going to talk a little bit about her later on as well. Um, and the last uh, part of the show, last topic of the show, uh, but she was our first feature last month. And some of her artwork, as you can see, is behind me. Um, you probably can't see it that well, but it's some of the artwork that's behind me. So you can see some of it back there. And she has some great pieces. She actually started creating, uh, probably before that, but she started doing paintings um, as a means to get her through um, the pandemic. And we had a number of her pieces. That's what was left over from the sales, but we had a number of her pieces sold that time. Um, and then the last two ladies that you see right now, Ms. Black Roses and Ms. KD, they have just started the journey of getting that story out there, um, putting themselves out there. And they're two of my latest, um, I, I guess I'll call the mentees that I'm working with and, and helping them to kind of blossom. They've never done a podcast. They've never done 
like public speaking in that manner before. So I'm helping them to kind of find themselves in this internet world and give them those tools um, as I was given coming to places like Be Exposed Writing Girl. So um, I'm always trying to reach out. I'm always trying to help. I'm always trying to give somebody um, a helping hand. You know, it's, it's very difficult starting anything um, in communities like Baltimore because everybody's trying to get it. Everybody's trying to get their own. And it's really, it's complicated trying to do those things and still, you know, um, and still, I guess, how can I say, um, Uh, achieve or succeed or break through. Um, so those are some, those are some of the things that I'm trying to give to other people in the space of just doing what they do um, for themselves. You know, all it takes is just a little support. You know, if it's liking or sharing or coming out um, to the event, this video was made by Marnie, came out to the event, and this is a form of supporting. Just sharing the message. You know, my ask to the people who attended uh, on Sunday was simply, I just need help. So however you feel like you can help, that's what I need. Um, uh, I've tried very hard and very long to do this on my own, and it's virtually impossible. Um, so we need each other. Um, and later on, the last time I'm going to get into that a little bit more as well, but um, that was the art team. We do that once a month. The time is is not set in stone in terms of like the first Sunday or last Sunday, but it always will be on a Sunday, um, depending on the artist's availability. Uh, next month, we're still uh, trying to um, make sure we have the second artist. So once we get that information on the second artist, you'll see the post, and that should be by the end of this weekend. We are securing the second artist. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Um, as I said, the Urban Road Shack series is something that I'm definitely passionate about and what I'm doing. We'll have prints available very soon and as well as uh, cards uh, in terms of reading cards available with that series on it as well. The originals aren't for sale yet, but uh, we are doing the prints as well as the reading cards. So they'll be available in the next week. Uh, so you can come on down to the Artist Exchange, uh, Artist Exchange and Vashtabu Jewelry Studio to purchase those and to see what we have on display so far. I'm sorry, it always looks a mess over here. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, it's a working studio. I work out of this studio and I'm really, I'm really excited. I took this jump of faith, out on faith on my own and just really doing something for me for once. Um, somebody who I consider a mentor now and a friend, uh, Troy Burton, uh, this time last year, well, February of last year, he was he said to me, do something for yourself. And I didn't know what that meant necessarily. I didn't know how that pertained to me. I didn't know how that um, how that would manifest itself. Um, but I am going to, can we take a quick commercial break real quick? This could be the only one I take, but can we take a quick commercial break? We'll be right back on the Artist Exchange Radio Show, only on BeExposedRadio.com. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 
Can you give me one minute? <laughs> I didn't say anything. Okay, sorry. So before we go to commercial break, uh, don't forget to, you can call in today at 443-642-9403. Fitting in your questions, um, your complaints, if you want to talk back to me in terms of what the topics are. Um, also, um, go to our social media page, both at Big Exposed Radio and the Artist Exchange on both Facebook and Instagram. Like, share, and subscribe this video, this live. We need your support here at Big Exposed Radio. If you're looking for a place to start your show or bring your current show to, Big Exposed Radio is definitely that space and that place for you. So I am um, telling you, info at BigExposedRadio.com. Email us, and we'll get right on getting your show. So um, are we ready? No, not yet. Possibly. Yes. No. Yes. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. I've always been an open book, and it was time to write the story that God has been preparing me to share. Dear Tombstone is a glimpse into all of the hardest things that I've dealt with and that were sent to kill me, deter me, and delay me from fulfilling my purpose that God has set over my life. is a journey down memory lane for me, but hopefully it encourages you to tell your story. always been an open book and it was time to write the story that God has been preparing me to share. Dear Tombstone is a glimpse into all of the hardest things that I've dealt with and that were sent to kill me, deter me, and delay me from fulfilling my purpose that God has set over my life. is a journey down memory lane for me, but hopefully it encourages you to tell your story. It's now available on Amazon. can train and certify over 10,000 students in 10 years. We can renovate over 10,000 houses in 10 years. This is the Inner City Trade School Project, sponsored by Get With The Program. It's our time and it's our turn. I feel like once we address once we address the needs of the students, we can ensure that they'll be successful in the program. The, the, the main idea is to know the safety of the program and do black lives matter yes yes we're going to show you how much black lives matter because we have a solution to the problem this school will help change the mindset of our young black men and that's what we're trying to do bring pride back to our community substitute use anger management um, mental health so here at the inner city trade school that's what we're uh trying to build that's what we're trying to create an environment for our people to thrive
seeing one of my beautiful host family members today. Um, I want to get back on the station, but I definitely want to brush my head for my business on Beats Homes Radio. They are um, attached to so many different businesses and great entities here in the city. If you have a business, you definitely want to put your business out there, commercial, shout out, anything. It's fun to one of the great shows that's going to be on Beats Homes Radio. I'm back, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. So, so I'm back. We have a, not a special guest. She's not a special guest. She's just here for a second. That's Miss Tracy Jenkins. Hello, world. Hello, world. Baltimore and beyond. Look at this. Please come out. Look at all the things. She's about to go host the event. A gala, I'm sorry. She's about to go host a gala. And she was so lovely to come and get some of my pieces. Uh, but I am... <laughs> but uh, so we have a couple topics that we're going to talk about today. And I'm really... I just want to get this one out of the way. I just got to get some stuff off of my chest about it. So Little Nas X is a young man that we all know. And some of y'all probably don't love him. Some of y'all want to love him, but... It, it may dis disclose who you really are. Uh, and then some people just, it gets under their skin in a way because he represents something about them that they just don't love, which is very similar to the last example I gave, but it's just, uh, it, it really, um, it's, it's heartbreaking to me that people speak about him in a manner that he gave specifically. I'm going to talk about a little goosey. I'm not even going to get on that Dave Chappelle kick because I don't want to smoke. I don't want to smoke. I know many of you love a Dave Chappelle, and you um, you are in love with his brand of comedy and his his antics and such. He's a very talented man, but I'm not going to get on that. I don't want to. But I'm just going to say, Little Boosie's uh, last remarks to um, Little Nas X was why I had an issue with what Dave Chappelle said. His lack of responsibility is why we are going through this and that. So I said I wasn't going to touch on it, but I'm going to talk about it. Um, I did, uh, so if you don't know, I do the Where You Morning show uh, out of Atlanta every day, Monday through Friday. Go to their website, whereareyouradio.com. Check us out the morning show. We're, we're open every um every uh day this is people just don't respect the fact that i have things that i'm doing and i think they do this on purpose but um i'm really 
agitated at the fact that we are in a space where people can say whatever they want to say. One of the things that I was proud of that I wanted to happen much sooner was, who knew, Lil Nas X has a dad uh, who came out in support of his son and let Lil Nas X know, this ain't the one you want to mess with. Um, and I appreciate him saying it because uh, in most cases, and Lil Nas X is not a child, but in this case, he's the child in the situation. He's the younger one in the situation. So we should know better. But uh, in most cases, people abuse both rape, molest, fight, bully people, I'm going to say people, who they don't feel have a support system. That's normally where bullies come from. If they don't feel like I'm going to get beat up for bullying this person, they do it. And I'm glad that somebody came out and not just as a jest or just as I love, but to really not, and I don't want fights to start breaking out, but I want people to, when your child is in this situation, whether you're the uncle, the cousin, the next door neighbor, the friend, if you see somebody being bullied in this way, you need to speak out and speak up. I think his dad should have did that months, maybe years ago, and we wouldn't probably be in the situation we're in now. There still would be a little boosie, there'd still be a Dave Chappelle, but they would tread lightly on speaking to him in the manner that he was. I'm not even going to read the message that... Uh, Little Boosie sent back to Little Little Nas X, and the, the the issue in this matter was Little Nas X. They they throw away this throw around this trolling thing a lot, but they as they said, uh, Little Nas X made a video on his Twitter page saying that him and Little Boosie were going to have a video together. Now this young man knows how to get to him, but his Little Boosie's response to Little Nas X was beyond, beyond belief. It was beyond belief. It was beyond um, understanding. It was beyond what was necessary in this manner. He basically, he started out with faggots and he ended with kill yourself. Those are really triggering words to people who have been bullied for those same reasons. And his response was something he wanted. He, he's been wanting to say this. He's been wanting to say these words. Now, he said things similar to, but not so. But he needed a reason. And little Nas X, I don't, I'm not even going to say he gave him a reason. Because that's just like saying that lady wore that miniskirt or uh, that black person was born black. It's, it's not a reason to do what you did. None, none whatsoever. And, and unlike uh, Little Boosie, I don't believe Dave Chappelle has that level of hatred in him. What I do believe has happened is he is upset with white gay people and he's made blanket statements because he doesn't want to interfere with his money train because he knows the, the majority of his ticket buyers are white people. So he, he treads lightly on that, but he should have said it the way he wanted to say it versus how he thought it would be politically correct for him. So uh, Little Boosie, uh, well, I likened it to that, but the difference between the two of them, I believe he's been wanting to say, probably much worse even, to Little Nas X. My, my, issue for, my reason for bringing this up today was, um, I was going to let it go because it's not my business, uh, but... 
Big Frida stepped in. And some, I, I don't know if it was TMZ or some reporter or person with a camera came up to Big Frida and asked about her opinions with the latest beef between um, Little Boosie and Nas X. And I don't think it's a beef. I think it's Little Boosie acting out. And Big Frida, her statement was, I don't believe Little Boosie is homophobic. I don't believe he hates gay people. I think he has a problem with Little Nas X. And my, um, first I was pissed when I heard it. And the comment I was making about the station was, we talked about this and my statements on there were, one, like a flame bro, like um, now Big Frida, like many people, especially like black people, the black people, like the Condoleezza, Condoleezza Rice that was just on The View, or I'm trying to think of other people that have backed and supported uh, uh, Trump. Just like in those situations, there's somebody who's gotten to a level financially or success-wise that uh, will then see a bigger picture, quote-unquote, a bigger picture, and begin to speak out against the person they used to be or that represents who they used to be. We see that in our Black community when, when someone gets a little bit of fame and they begin to speak out on situations or issues, say it be uh, unemployment or teen pregnancy or economic issues or lack thereof, uh, they begin to speak about it in a way that clearly shows that they are not there anymore. Uh, I remember watching Big Frida's show, and I'm not going to not be a fan of Big Frida, but somebody needs to check her and, 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 and directly, uh, and not just in the comment section, somebody that knows her. Who, who knows what her struggle and her journey has been? Because I can I can remember watching her first reality show and hearing how um, she had to fight as a child growing up in in New Orleans, having to fight because she was that gay relative, or having to fight because she was she represented who she is today. Then, so for you to grow up, get a little bit money hang out with a couple celebs, have some uh, couple dollars in your pocket uh, for you to speak out in this way. It was this, it was, it pissed me off because Little Boosie is anything but not a homophobic person. And I don't care how many people he got on his team that are gay. I don't care how many friends he got that are gay. I don't care. I don't care how many people you know of him. It doesn't change the fact that somebody can still be homophobic. No more than a white person who has a white friend or black friend can still be racist. Ally does not equate to not racist, not homophobic, not sexist. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. It doesn't equate to that. And the moment people understand we are not People in this world today are not more sensitive. People in this world today have a voice that doesn't have to be quieted. You know, when my parents and my grandparents were growing up, yes, there were moments where we didn't have a voice. You know, and even parts of me, it was not a voice 
you, we did not have a, a voice. People did not have a space or a platform to be able to uh, voice these opinions. They didn't, you know, even if you had your own radio show or TV show, there wasn't a space for you to be able to tell the truth. Everything was watered down. And I think the difference is, it isn't because people have gotten softer, it's because people have gotten more victorious in their voice. And, and we can't keep letting a little Boosie or even a Dave Chappelle, and definitely not in this situation, a big Frida come out and speak negatively about a situation. And it wasn't so much that big Frida had so much negativity. It was just what she said. It was very rich talk. It was very, I'm, I'm, I'm bigger than that now. You know, to, to clearly see the dynamic, this is somebody that's being childish versus somebody who's spewing out hate. To tell somebody to go kill themselves, to tell somebody, call somebody a faggot, that's what would fervor. I could I could hear him saying the words that he said in his response on his, uh, I think he was on Facebook. And he feels invincible because there are plenty of people out there that are supporting him. And a big freedom only added to that. I believe he's very homophobic. I believe people like uh, Big Frida, a flame Monroe, have gotten to a certain level of success. And, and people keep call, calling them the chosen while they call, uh, um, they call uh, Flame Monroe. And if you don't know Flame Monroe, Flame Monroe is another trans comedian um, who has the same feelings towards Little Boosie that Big Frida does. And it just was disheartening to me that we were still in a space of people spewing that level of hate and hatred out of their mouths. It was really. Um, something to hear it because there's, there's no way in the world that you can defend that level of ignorance. Even if you don't agree with gay people, even if you don't agree with, that's still somebody's child. That's still somebody's human being, a human being. And it just was a little disheartening that we still have people in this world that can be that vindictive, that spiteful. And then there are people who will back them up. Publicly. Now, and, and we're in a real weird space because not only do people have a voice to be able to speak up for themselves, they also have a voice to speak up for negativity or um, ignorance. It, it just, it, you don't understand how angry I am. <clears throat> and it's not about the gay thing, it's about people's lives are at stake here. We don't know, and, and Little Nas X can't go high in a, in a corner somewhere and still be as successful as he want to be. He's going to lose that if he chooses to go into hiding. Or, but what if he starts, and I'm quite sure he's already getting death threats. I'm quite sure he's already starting to get packages at his home. I'm sure, I'm sure he's already starting to get letters in the mail. Or I'm, I'm sure those things are already happening. He just He's not the type of person from what I can see that would display that. Um, but there, there have been too many people killed. Every day you can go on social media and there's another trans person killed or somebody gay that was beat up or bashed. And this whole idea that the LGBTQ community has more power and clout than Black people is fucking ridiculous. White people have more pull and more uh, advances than black people in general. 
But if you ask anybody from the Black LGBT community, you'll clearly know that there's still just as many disadvantages as there are between Black and white people in general. Uh, so to keep putting that narrative out there is, is crazy because we don't hear about all these white trans women that are killed. We hear about all these Black trans women that are being killed. We hear about all these Black uh, gay men that are boys that are killing themselves or being bullied or being beaten and badged. We're watching it on TV. You may see it in a white community or in other communities, but you're basically seeing it in the Black and brown communities. Uh, so I, I wanted... I guess my ask to you is, uh, how do you feel about this? Call us, 443-642-9403. Let us know how you feel. What is what are your take on these things? Um, I'm really um, in a space of being angry and being um, let down by the various individuals who continue to turn a blind eye to this happening to people. And whatever you believe, whatever you believe, Nobody deserves to get bullied for any reason. However you feel, how you feel about gay people, how you feel about little, nobody deserves to. I don't want to see little Boosie beat up, but somebody needs to step in. Somebody who knows better needs to step in and make sure that this doesn't happen. And if it means little Boosie losing out on money or if it, it means him losing out on opportunities or then, hey, so be it. And I'm not somebody that's going to take money or food out of anybody's mouth. Uh, he has plenty of children that he needs to take care of. And I would really hope and pray hard that none of his children come out as gay, lesbian, or bi. I really, 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 really hope that that doesn't happen for the safety and health, mental health of that child that's growing up in that space with him. This, I just, I just would hope, and if they do, I hope they have a balance in their life somewhere that can uh, counteract the damage that he is doing on social media, probably on a daily basis. I don't follow Boosie, but um, the things that get through to me from him, have, I've never seen him talk about anything positive. Never. Never. I've never not one time seen him say anything positive out his mouth. If, if he's not whining about somebody not supporting him, he's he's talking and bashing a certain community of people. And it's just, it's ridiculous to me. So I'm going to get off of that because I feel my a headache coming on. And I think the next topic that I had coming up was uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about Biden's spending um, finally, something has come through uh, in the form of his spending bill, and I still haven't gotten a read through the whole thing, but there are a number of things that were um, cut from the bill that were part of his proposal, but that they've cut out. Now, it's not over yet because it still, I think, has to be passed by the House. Uh, the House or the Senate. I think it's the House. And it still has to be passed by the House. And uh, it's frustrating that we there's supposedly these two um, these two Democrats that are holding up the voting 
so things aren't getting passed. So they're come, trying to come up with compromises. But some of the things that were taken off the table were the family medical leave <clears throat> that I think also included bereavement. I believe the um, free um, community college was taken off the bill. And there were a couple other spending uh, things. And the other one that really, it, it doesn't seem like a big deal to people, but vision and dental, that was something that was supposed to be in the spending bill as well, as well. And that's somebody who is currently going through some dental procedures that are very costly, um, as well as, you know, some vision, you know, I need my glasses. I need them updated every year as I, as I um, see. And my insurance covers vision, but it doesn't cover um, dental. So that's, that's an extra expense to me. And that is, I don't think that the rich need to pay for me, but I've worked since I was 14. You know, um, a lot of some, some things for the elderly are being taken off the table as well. But I don't understand how um, these things, and I think part of that vision of dental is, is for elderly as well. Um, but I, I, I'm not understanding how somebody who is a billionaire or somebody, and we're not saying there will be any taxes, but um, the idea of people not having things that they need in life, while these corporate CEOs and um, board members are able to have all these tax breaks that basically put them on my level. You know, they pay just as much, if not less, than what I'm paying. There are corporations like a Amazon, and we're all addicted to Amazon, but they're not paying anything. They're not paying for anything. And it's just, for me, it it screams, you know, the, the people who are in need the most are paying the most to be able to live in this world where it feels like we're paying for politicians and CEOs to be able to exist and have the free medical care and all those benefits. But I'm really upset, not with Biden and Harris, but with our representatives, our senators, our um, our representatives, our, our council people on both sides for voting towards things that do not benefit the majority of their uh, people. A, a friend of mine, we were having this conversation with and we put this on the topics for the day, you know, wealthy people don't have the concerns. Wealthy people don't have to worry about choosing rent over getting a wisdom tooth pulled, or do I get glasses this month, or do I pay, you know, for my child's X, Y, Z? You know, it's, it's issues that I think, and it's nobody's fault, really, but the system is set up for people to be disadvantaged. You know, it's only a very few that get to break through and and, and and really achieve. And I think this pandemic has kind of shifted that a lot uh, for the haves and the have-nots, uh, whereas we have a lot of first-time business owners, first-time homeowners, a big influx of uh, entrepreneurship and home ownership came out of this pandemic. And I think it's it goes without saying, just a bump up to really just... A couple hundred dollars more a week could mean the difference between someone achieving 
and not. And I think we have really lost focus of what's really important. And, and we have the haves getting more and we have the have nots trying to get more, but being split also. And, and um, this idea of um, equal representation really is a joke to me because I feel like these, these politicians are being paid to do nothing. And it's not just the Republicans, it's all of them. You know, they sit in these rooms where they're catered to free lunches and free, and they get to travel for free and they get the secret service and they get, you know, all these benefits, health and dental and vision and all these things. You know, they don't have to worry about a family leave. You know, that was also taken off of the, the, the table. I, I remember my mother telling me or hearing my mother talk about, you know, being pregnant with me up into her due date, she was going to work. And that's that's what people are now facing because they can't afford to take off from work or lose a job because they can't be there. Now, there are certain things for certain levels of employment that protect you, but people sometimes need that gear off. And I'm not saying they should get paid for a whole year, but if they're able to do their home virtually now or be at home virtually and do their work, come to some compromise, but just taking people's um, livelihood as a joke. And many people complain about people not wanting to work right now. I think many people are working. They're just not working the jobs that need to be filled right now, i.e. the healthcare field, i.e. a lot of customer service driven jobs or we're here now in the school system, uh, education, all those those fields are being vacant by um, being left vacant by people who no longer want to be employed by an employer who makes them a contractual employee where they have no benefits, no, um, no time off, no paid leave, none of that. None of that. No, none of the protections that a regular employee would have. Um, of course, people are going to leave. The service industry was one of the first industries that laid people off. Now you're whining because you don't have enough employees. Well, you showed these people at the very beginning of this pandemic that you didn't care about them. You know, and, and those jobs exist, more of those jobs exist than not, than the jobs that had job security. You know, and people... They, they complain about people not work, working, but not even the unemployment, that's been cut. So people are no longer sitting at home. There are still people who are probably getting unemployment, but the extra three, $400 people were getting every month, that's over every week. That's over. So people were tired of being misused before this. So many of these people were let go without, without any um, notice. Um, I, I have so many friends that worked in the service industry that, that said they got a notice or email or a text saying um, their employment is being suspended temporarily until the pandemic is over. And then out of the blue, they may have gotten a letter months later uh, when doors begin to open up and the, um, the pandemic in terms of the lockdown was coming to an end. But we cannot expect people to bend over backwards anymore and to die with a company and retire with a company that 
don't see them as vital human beings. You know, I had I take I took a part-time job um throughout this pandemic as a means for me to just get out. I wanted to get out of the house for a few minutes out of the day. Um, and that job was one of the worst jobs I've ever had in my life. Um, and I never quit a job. If I ever, if I ever leave a job, it's because I've I've gotten another one. Um, but It's crazy how treating you. You know, the pay was horrible. And then the idea that we were working in conditions where we were being put in contact with people that could possibly give us, you know, COVID, and then no safety measures. They offered, I believe, um, I'm not gonna say the name of the company, but they offered us maybe like $25 to go towards if we needed to get a COVID test for any reason, say, you know, somebody in our area got COVID and then they gave us $25 in order to do that. You know, um, some of these companies that have these extreme sign-on bonuses, um, it really is it's ridiculous that we are in a space where That they can give that amount of money, which means they have it to be able to pay you on a regular basis that amount. You know, we hear about these uh, billionaires that are going into space, and I'm not a person that feels like because I've made a certain amount of money, I need to help you. I'm supposed to help you. But if you have a billion dollars to spend 15 minutes in space, you have enough money. I'm not, I don't know how much it costs, but if, if you have that type of money to be able to just spend 15 minutes on the outer realm of the earth, then put that money to good use. I'm not saying get me out of debt, but help solve some major life problems that people have in education, health disparities. You know, I'm over that. That just, that just made me mad. So the next, <laughs> the next topic I wanted to talk about uh, as we go into the next hour of the show, um, as we were talking about the continued uh, the spending bill, is kind of really connected to this issue, and it's the continued fight over getting vaccinated. It's turned into a like a hate fest for people who have who have chosen not to get vaccinated. And I'm not a person that's going to tell anybody what to do with their personal bodies. Um, no more than I can tell you how to get uh, abortion or not, or how I can tell you to get plastic surgery or not. I can't tell anybody what to do with their body. I personally know a lot of people who are uh, on the fence because this doctor said this, and they got a second opinion. This doctor said that um, the information that is just put out on social media in terms of the the false information or the misunderstood information. And, and we also can't pretend as if this country did not have a, uh, a history of testing people unfairly, especially people of color. Um, and I really wanted, for me, initially, it, it came down not to the conspiracies, but more so the historical values. You're pushing people to get this vaccine that they that in this case I think is probably very necessary 
but we are in a space of getting these vaccines that are really detrimental. Uh, that could be very detrimental to someone's health. I don't want to put out that type of information, but information that could be very detrimental to someone's health. Um, and I, I don't believe that. Um, I don't believe that you should bully someone into doing something that they're not comfortable doing. Now, there are people who are just politicizing it and they're making it to be something that it shouldn't be. But what I will say is, um, hmm, it's not anybody's choice to make for someone else. So if they feel like they want to wait it out and figure something out and, and, God forbid them get it, and it may be worse on them than if they got the vaccine. It's somebody's choice. But I think we're mixing issues. There are a lot of people who are tired of wearing masks. I know I am I am getting really bad headaches when I have to wear them extended, when I have to wear my mask for an extended period of time, and I have to sometimes go into the bathroom or go step outside so I can have a little pressure release from my head. Um, I understand that, but there are people who just, it's its detrimental to their health. I don't want to do it anymore. You're, you're feeding on my on my rights as a citizen as a, of this country or something like that. Those are different type of people than people who don't feel like they have all the information. And there are plenty, that's plenty of information out there, but much of it is conflicting. This site will say this, and then you have a site that you're not really familiar with that'll say this, and then a very familiar site will say something totally similar to that. And you just don't know, people don't know what to believe. And I think that is starting to decrease as the restrictions are coming up. Because right now, if you don't have a um if you don't have a vaccine, like in the state of well, I'm not gonna say Maryland. But say in Baltimore City, as a school teacher, I don't have a choice but to get the vaccine. Opposed to me, if I lived out in the county, I could just get tested once a week, like the students are getting. I could just get tested. There's some places, Broadway, certain sporting events, certain concerts. If you don't have a vaccination card, you cannot get into these things, which is, I get some of that because it's more for entertainment. But there are people right now in New York, and I believe a couple other states, but I know for sure New York, that are picketing because they they are police officers and firefighters who don't feel like they should have to get it. And it's for whatever reason. You know, I think there should be options. So maybe you need to take a test. Maybe you got to take a test twice a week. At the beginning of the week, at the end of the week, you have to take a test. Um, Instead of just saying, if you don't have a vaccine, you don't get it. Because some people are not getting it for health reasons. It's not just for religious purposes or just out of politics. Some people are really afraid that whatever pre-existing conditions they have, they are now um, the, getting the vaccine will make them more susceptible to getting sicker and dying. Um, and a lot of people don't want to take that chance and are willing to take that chance and not getting it. Um, but now you have the pharmaceutical companies, the, the topic that we had before on the Biden uh, spending bill, when people criticize them for not including regulations uh, for pharmaceutical companies in that bill, that was one of the things that were cut. Um, not including that, 
or not going after that, not going after that um, really was detrimental to them because the pharmaceutical companies, and I'm, I just lost track of my thoughts, but um, the pharmaceutical companies were putting out um, information Right now, as they are, I think one of the quotes were, as they are right now trying to create new medications to uh, cure this, cure and get people through this pandemic, this would be the bad, worst time for, or a bad time rather, for them to be heavily regulated. And I believe this is the perfect time for them to be regulated because the pharmaceutical companies are making so much money off of these vaccines. Uh, from the government directly. They are benefiting more than any other person at all has benefited from this pandemic. They are definitely benefiting. And I think it's time for them to be regulated. You have some people who are paying $1,000 a pill and, and that's all being ate up by the insurance companies. You know, so now the insurance companies are trying to be heavier and they're, you know, overcharging people. You know, you have doctors that are getting paid to get a certain amount of people vaccinated. Like, I don't, I don't, the whole profiting from this vaccine is, is edging to me. And it's the reason why a lot of people are choosing not to get it because they see people getting rich off of the backs of people's deaths and, and the fear that is out there. So I really feel like uh, nobody should be bullied. Nobody should be bullied. Nobody should be forced to do something that they don't want to do. Um, I think in, in place of bullying, we should share the information that we have gathered and us making our decisions and maybe send that to the person. Um, but even then, stop bullying people into making decisions that you had to make for your money's sake. Stop making those decisions. You know, and it's unfortunate that many people having to, they have, everybody has a choice, but some of the choices that people are getting is you don't want, you don't work here anymore if you don't get your vaccines. There, there are about to be a lot of vacancies here in Baltimore City and our education uh, department because a lot, I think the 1st of November is the last day that you have to get vaccinated. Um, and if you're not vaccinated, you won't have a job come the second. Um, and who's going to suffer? Our students are going to suffer. They forced our children and rushed our children back into the classrooms, ill-prepared, and many of them still aren't vaccinated. There are tons of children that are being not counted, that are being um, sent home to be in quarantine because someone in that classroom has contracted it. Because many of the schools promised that uh, in many of the school districts, uh, the students would stay in one room and their teachers would circulate. But now everything has gone back to normal. Many of the schools don't have the shields up between the desks as promised. Many of the, the, the schools have not kept up with the cleaning maintenance that was promised. Uh, so many of the students are still getting COVID and they're not being counted in many spaces um, as is uh, many of the states that aren't recording their COVID numbers, aren't reporting their COVID numbers. I think as of yesterday, it was probably like six or seven states that still have not reported. Some of them are consistently not 
reporting. And there's been up to 17 at one point states that are not reporting their numbers. So when people, as people are traveling and working and in these various states, we're wondering why we're seeing spikes weeks later in other states that have been reporting because people are traveling and people are mingling with each other still. I just want us to be in a space where, because I, I, one of my things that I feel about this pandemic, it has really made people mean. Not to say those same people were not mean already, but we've grown very mean throughout this pandemic. Um, we're very short with each other. We have very little patience for each other. Um, <clears throat> attitudes are always flare. We're still people getting stabbed and killed on a regular basis. The crime rates are through the roof, uh, roof uh, with uh, <clears throat> with minor altercations turning into bloodbaths or murders of, of sorts. Um, and I'm, I'm concerned for people because I, I think with this hot topic of getting vaccinated, I think that spurs a certain level of um, anger within people. And I think it just it just it's doing us a disjustice to um, keep going like this. And nobody, I mean, there's been plenty of resources out there for people to get therapy and for people to seek the help and assistance that they need. But I think a lot of people still aren't taking advantage of that because I think this pandemic has really brought out a lot of ugliness that lived in us. Many of us dormant. But for some people, it has really brought uh, uh, evilness or meanness out of um, us. So on the topic of uh, getting vaccinated, I think it should be a personal choice, the same way flu shot was, the same way uh, an abortion is. It's, it's your personal choice. And I think being the personal choice it is, make a choice for your greater good. Um, and and with the people that love you and the people that you are living with, the people that you work with, the people that you go out with, thinking about them as well. You know, wearing your mask. Um, there are there are moments where I get relaxed amongst people, especially if it's just a handful of people um, where I feel more comfortable not wearing my mask. Um, but then it's other times where I'm like, okay. You know, because I've had a, I had a scare before this pandemic started. And, and one of the things was I thought I had it that December before the pandemic. I felt like I had it because I've never felt like that before. Um, I was hospitalized um, and they couldn't tell me what was wrong with me. They tried to tell me that I had strep throat. Uh, I've had strep throat before. And naturally, they feel like strep throat. Uh, but, um, yeah, so stop bullying people. Use the information you have as a tool and not a weapon um, and give people the space and freedom that they need. And, and try to, I want us to try to come up with solutions for those people who choose that. For them to just be unemployed, we complain about the number of people on social service or public assistance, the number of people on unemployment, all those things, but... You're just you're making those numbers worse by not coming up with positive solutions. Um, the the issue of Biden's spending plan, we have to really begin to um, stick it to our local government, 
and be very uh, vigilant and uh, participative in the political process on the federal level as well as our local level. We can't keep letting these people collect paychecks. And some of these employees, if not a lot of them, will be lifetime employees of this country in terms of them getting benefits from this country even after they retire. So we can't keep letting people get into office that stay in office that aren't going, that will that refuse to do the work that is necessary to save this country. Um, what else? What else? Uh, lastly, and we have about 10 more minutes left. Um, mm. uh, this last one is, is difficult for me because I'm going to tell a story. So the last topic is uh, how to get rid of, well, I'm not going to say how to get rid of, uh, I'm going I'm to phrase it as this. When to separate from a toxic, toxic relationship, whether it be romantic, whether it be platonic, whether it be uh, familiar, like a family member, when is enough? Um, and I'm trying to, in my head, kind of itemize how much I want to say. So recently, I had a really bad argument with someone who I considered a friend. Um, and I don't typically talk about stuff like this, but I had an argument with someone who I really considered a friend. And I, uh, that conversation taught me a couple of things about myself. It taught me a lot about uh, that person. It taught me a lot about um, me um, and how much you're willing to take. And at some point, there's a lot of issues involved in this conversation. So I'm going to try to encompass them all in my statements. Mental illness is real. Unfortunately, it's very real within our Black community. Um, and many people are comfortable living with it without, and then some people, they have to live with this. I'm not saying it like it's a problem that they have it. It happens. If we figure these things out, those things happen. Uh, but we have to figure out a way to live with the things that we have wrong, meaning if you have an imbalance or you have a mental health issue, getting the proper help and maintaining that help and doing the self-care that is required for you to maneuver and, and live with it. Because often it doesn't go away. It's not a cure for anything. Medication will only suppress it and numb it. It won't get rid of it, unfortunately. Um, something else the, the pharmaceutical company has to work on, not uh, creating cures and not maintenance drugs. Um, so when stuff like this happens to me, I get quiet. And typically, I get quiet before because I can always sense that something like this is about to happen. And for me, to call you a friend or a loved one is very serious to me. It's not something that I play with. It's not something that I take lightly. It is something that I definitely um, take seriously. Um, and I've really 
Um, it's something that I take seriously. And in this situation, it hurt me because when you when you disclose certain things to people about things you've experienced, about things that you've gone through, and they take that information and they use it against you, it really creates a very toxic environment for me. And I'm learning to remove myself from environments and not trying to necessarily make it better or attempt to make it better. Sometimes you have to simply remove yourself from a situation and be okay that that situation may never um, get better. You may heal from it, you may forgive it, but being together with that person may mean going through the same problems. And I'm not saying whether or not I broke this individual off. What I'm saying is I'm no longer going to allow myself to be a part of toxic relationships. I'm not. I'm not going to try to be something in your life that somebody else wasn't. I'm not going to take the beatings for somebody in your life that I wasn't uh, and I had not been in your life either. I'm not going to represent something in your life. I'm not going to stick around and represent something in your life that you didn't heal from. I'm not. Um, and I am in a space of my life right now. As, as I get older, I'm seeing people, places, and things for what they really are. And not calling anybody bad or I don't like them or none of those challenges things. I just know when I've had enough. And I'm learning to get to that point before I'm filled up, before it's a confrontation, before it gets ugly. You have to be really aware and cognizant of your surroundings when dealing with people in this new world. Because people in this new world, not only do they get off on hurting themselves, but they get off on hurting others. And that toxic relationships are very um, commonplace now. And many people, they bond under that. I don't want to bond in negative environments anymore. It doesn't do me any good. I can't fix the world. And I'm not perfect, but I'm certainly not a person that will treat anyone badly. Um, I just, I've seen throughout this pandemic so much meanness going around, whether it be, you know, because you got a couple more dollars in your pocket, so you think you're a little bit better, or you have a little bit more life security than other people, or you feel like you're just more or better or bigger or taller or uh, more well-off than the next person. It really is a... Um, detrimental to us. It's very detrimental to us to live in this type of space where we can't make it work. And I have a right, make it, let's make it work type of personality. But for me, um, if I can't, if I can be all of me 
you can't have any of me. And uh, somebody just, I just had a conversation with a friend about this, this thing. Uh, and that was what I took back from our conversation. If you, if parts of me are too much for you, all of me is too much for you. You can't just keep the pieces that make you happy or make you proud. I am a whole person. And I come into situations as my whole self. And again, I'll say I'm not perfect, but what I'm not and what I will never be is um, someone's whipping toy. I mean, you won't use me as your punching bag to get through or to remind you of or to kind of um, unleash your trauma or your triggers or your, because we, we have people who are comfortable walking around with their triggers and their traumas on their shoulder and they're doing nothing about it. They're doing nothing about it. And you as their loved one, as their friend, as their spouse, as their significant other, you're supposed to just take it because you you love them. And I'm really not in a space where I'm willing to be that anymore. And I, I just I just give people that advice, like don't stay in situations that are not healthy for you. And if after saying, it's very important for you to communicate when you're not comfortable in a situation. And if your feelings and speaking about your feelings turns into an argument, that ain't the environment you're supposed to be in. And I have this thing in me that I, I have this yearning to help people all the time. And sometimes that could be too much for people who don't want to be helped. And I have to know when to step back. I have to know when you are not my project. And what is funny is I said that to this person about somebody else. Not everybody is your project. Not everybody is your teachable moment. And, you know, I grew up with a mother who gave her life to always helping people out, but she always was the bad guy because, one, her love turned into a, a form of control because you kept doing the same dumb shit. So she kept having to save you. And then it turned into her feeling the need to save you. But I also watched my mother become the the the, the punching bag for the people in life that she was constantly saving. And I, I feel like a part of me that rubbed off on me. But I will no longer. I'm not, I said to myself, as I'm kind of closing out my 30s, I'm not going into my 40s this person. And nobody is going with me that can be for me and with me. And that it hurts to say that, but it, ooh, it hurts more to have to be that and to, to deal with that and to um, be surrounded by that. But um, as we're closing out today's show, um, I want to share with people, just, just love each other as that person is. Don't love them with the expectations that you have for yourself or don't have for yourself. Because I know a lot of people out there with expectations for people that they don't have for themselves. So they hold other people's responsibilities at a higher level than they hold themselves. Yeah. 
Um, but make sure you're taking care of yourself, making sure you're taking the time for yourself, making sure that you um that you are aware of your value and not as it pertains to how other people value you or other people see you, but how you see you and how you value you. Make sure you're keeping that and being consistent in that. Making sure that you aren't allowing people to measure you by a stick that that wasn't even meant for you. There are plenty of people, and I've had to say this four different times in the last two weeks. People see your value. They know your value. It's in you, it's in your walk, it's in your talk, it's in all of that. So that's why I said first, make sure you are aware and you are maintaining your value at all times because people can see it. If it drops, they can see it. If it raises up, if it shifts to the side, they can see that. Their hope is that you don't see it. Their hope is that you make a mistake and, and leave a couple zeros off of your value. That's that's what people are really hoping. That's that's what they are hoping, and they're hoping that you keep that door open so they can continue to devalue you and give you less than what you deserve and bring you less than what you deserve, less than what you're giving them. They hope that you keep that door open. But I'm here to say, fuck them people. If they're not for you, then they're not. And there's no need for any of us to hold on to anybody, anything, any place, any opportunity that's not for our greater good. Keep the people around you that are positive, that are um, moving you forward. And this doesn't mean keep people around who keep giving you blank checks in life. Because you have to work just as hard for them as they're working for you. Because it's it's we going through this. Um, but also, and also, that whole idea of only be around people who are smarter than you. You know you're the dumbest one in the room, right? So that just just keep that idea. Just keep that idea. So it's not all about what people have. You shouldn't be gathering friends and collecting friends based off of what they have or what they can do for you or how you can benefit from them. If it's not reciprocated, then it's not necessary. All throughout my life, I've always been blessed with at least a couple friends that poured into me. Some of the names... uh, Tracy, who just left here, my friend Tanelia, my aunt Shari, my aunt Val, um, mm, James Brown. I'm now uh, having two good friends, Blue, Troy, mm, be exposed. Like it's, it's a number of things that I've been able to depend on in my life. And I'm not a person that depends on anything. And that's an issue that I have within my relationships. But make that list of people who fill you up and make sure you're there for those people. Also make a list of people who drain you. 
and understand are they are they my responsibility? Are they my my work? Make sure you know where people fall at in your life. Not to necessarily kick people out, but just be more aware. Create your checklist in your relationships. And make sure by each one of those names, you also list what your benefits are, what your hardship is. Because we lean on our friends in ways that we can't possibly imagine. I just forgot, Jay Nicole, I'm sorry, my friend Jana. Oof. I've been blessed throughout my life to have people come in my life at the right possible time. Always. And even if it's just one person to get me to the next moment. Miss Elaine, I'm forgetting all these names. Miss Elaine. Oh my God. Like Miss Elaine, Jay, Tracy. Um mm, it's just it's just a lot. Um I'm going to close out with this guy a couple more minutes. Um, I, I want to publicly thank all those people by this name. There's plenty of other people that wasn't in that list but are on the list. Um, but this past weekend, I was in a space of just being pissed. I had a couple bad arguments. Um, you know, this, this idea of being an entrepreneur, it's not new to me, but the struggle is um, and trying to find my way as an artist and as a black man and having myself split in so many different directions, I had somebody do something that was remarkable to me. And I want to say her name, Kim Jack. She was one of the ladies that was on that video. Um, I've had people pray with me before but I've never had somebody pray for me in a moment of absolute just need, need and necessity. And by the time I got to Sunday, I was broke and into many different pieces. And the blessing of that was um, my friend Jay showed up for me. Um, two, two people who I consider a few budding friendships in my life right now, um, both Tasha and uh, Crystal um, showed up for me. Um, uh, Marnie showed up for me. But this lady named Miss Kim Jack, she's the mother of Jay Nicole. She was the artist that we pictured up there. I, I found myself right before the event started in a space that was just ugly. And I was filled with a little bit of rage and frustration and just, I just felt like I was in a space of just need. We had to get to a space of where we were in our black community where we needed each other, but we were a necessity to each other, not just being used by each other, but we needed each other. We have to get back to that. We have to remember that. We have to go back to that time, but we have to go back to that space where we needed each other, where there was, whether we liked you or not, there was a certain level of respect that was given of class and decency, decency and order um, that we we uh, portrayed and we let off and became our outer exterior that was internal, but it became our outer exterior. Um, a space where I'm not telling anybody to believe in God, but a space where 
God was in our midst. It was in our, it was just an everyday moment for us. It was just how we treated each other. So um, I, I sent her a personal message, but uh, I just wanted to say, you know, don't be afraid to pray for people or meditate for people or whatever you call your prayer life. Um, we all need it. We need it. Um, and with that, I'm just, I think the show is over. So thank you to everybody that continues to support the Artists Exchange. I know, you know, everybody got their thing going on, but take a moment, watch the show, listen to the show. If you want to be a guest on the show, definitely come on out. Uh, don't forget, every Friday at 5 p.m., the Artists Exchange is live only on BeExposedRadio.com. Don't forget to follow me on the Artists Exchange, Bash Top Blue Jewelry uh, on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as well. Uh, check out our old shows on our website, www.BeExposedRadio.com. Um, and with that being said, I think this is the end. I'm about to go check out a play, my first play that I'm going to go see. Uh, my friend Blue is at Coppin State University tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday at Coppin State University on Blues for Alabama Sky, uh, one of my favorite plays that I've done. Um, and I'm about to go check him out there. So I'm, I got a little spiffy. I put on my, my good sweater because uh, it's cold outside. And everybody be safe this weekend. They're calling for a storm here in this DMV area, so be safe. Um, love each other. Um, continue supporting the Artist Exchange and whatever I can do to help you to continue in your mission, I'll be there. I'll do that. Hit me up, info at beexposedradio.com. If you want a show, you have a show, you, you're thinking about a show, we we the space for you. Um, check me out every Monday through Friday or Where You Radio. We, that's W-E-R-U, radio.com, the morning show from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m., uh, it gets you up in the it gets you up in the morning. Just download the web the uh, app. We are you radio. Uh, that's W E R U radio. I'm part of the morning crew. Check us out. I think it's hilarious. It's funny. It's a side of me that you don't normally get to see. Um, and also, um, binge worthy podcast is coming back up. We have a couple of surprise elements to that. Um, it's a show where we interview. And we interview artists and we talk about the latest movies, TV shows, now comedy shows. So check out that first one. Our first episode is going to be on the Dave Chappelle um, closure comedy special. So check that out. Details on that will be coming out this weekend as well. Continue to follow us. If you're in the Baltimore area, Monday through Friday between 12 p.m. and 8 p.m., I'm here. I'm open the studio at 1734 Maryland Avenue. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for all the people that continue to sponsor and advertise the space. The station, if you want to advertise on the Artist Exchange Radio Show, hit us up, info at bigexposedradio.com. Peace out, people. Have a great night. Enjoy yourself. Um, yeah, be safe out there. Some main streets. Peace out, people. Thank you.